Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here today and for listening. Today, we are going to talk about how to create sustainable behavior change. So if you're here listening because you are working on losing weight for good, um, this is going to be a really great foundational strategy that you are going to want to learn why it's so important and also how to incorporate it into your life to really start creating that sustainable weight loss, that ability to change your behaviors on a daily basis with food, with overeating, uh, with making different choices that you know you need to make. Um, But of course, this episode, like all episodes I do, as it can be applied to weight loss, it really can be applied to any change you are trying to make within your life. So this topic is um, often a little controversial with my clients when I I first um, talk about this or describe this and they will argue with me things like they have only lost weight in the past or been able to change a habit or behavior by really inducing fear within themselves. And so what we're going to talk about today is how trying to make changes from a deeper place of fear um, really does not work long-term. I'm going to explain why and why that, you know, the stuff that I'm always harping on in this podcast, why it's so important to really work to make changes from a compassionate, that deeper compassionate um, place of love place of compassion, place of love, place of care for ourselves and why once we are in that space, it is almost effortless to make behavior change and to, you know, lose the weight and keep it off for good, um, to get rid of all the, the food chatter, the body, the weight chatter, and just really live in this space of freedom, which is the goal, um, at least my goal in in this uh, creating this podcast and doing these episodes is to hopefully help you get there. As many of you know, you know my story. Um, I struggled for so many years with restriction and binging and restriction and over exercising and binging behaviors, and um, that space it really steals so much of your life away because it's where all your thoughts are going it's it's where all your attention is going and you're never relaxing you're never in a place of peace you're never in this state of i'm okay 
Um, I'm, you know, I have this healthy relationship with food. I have this healthy relationship with my body to where you can go on and just move on to other things in life. So we're going to talk about how do you, how making permanent behavioral changes that we really, really, really want to make has to come from love and compassion on a deep level and why, if it's coming from fear on a deep level, like I'm not good enough, so I need to make this change. Or if I don't make this change, nobody's going to love me. Or, um, you know, this is the only way. I only know how to make changes through disciplining myself and, you know, really some harsh talk, right? Like, like really saying all these negative things, calling myself out. All right, so we're going to talk about why that doesn't last long term. Okay, so these are sort of the things that I hear often from clients, you know, who are arguing with me on this. Um, You know, they'll say things like, when I tell myself I'm so fat or so gross, or I tell myself no one will love you looking like this, so you better get to work. And then I really do, Heather. I, I do. I'm able to restrict and to lose weight. And this is true, and I've done it too for many, many years, trying to lose a few pounds, trying to stop a disordered eating pattern, trying to react without raising my voice when there was a conflict with my daughter. You know, all these things that I really wanted to do differently. You know, I tried to do this all by telling myself, you're such a terrible person. You need to make these changes so you're normal like everyone else. Um, other things I hear from clients, I, I lost 20 pounds by restriction and disciplining myself and, and you know, really telling my, co- coaching myself really harshly in my head, like I have to do this, um, you know, or uh, I would discipline myself anytime I overate. I would then restrict food and feel shame and guilt. And this motivated me to keep restricting and to keep losing weight. And I then very, very gently <laughs> remind these clients, and I'm gently reminding you if, if that's sort of your belief system, that your beat down self-talk to try to create behavior change actually doesn't work because, you know, these clients who are saying this to me are now working with me because they've gained the weight back, usually plus some, or they have stopped their once habit of working out and want to get back into it again, or they are back to exploding in anger with loved ones. So the habit or behavior was changed momentarily, but it did not last. It was not sustainable. And this is the point for lasting behavior change in any of our lives, weight loss included, we will not make that change permanent unless and until we adopt a new habit pattern of thinking about ourselves. Okay, so we want to lose weight or we want to make some sort of change in our life. And there are lots of ways to do that. But remember that all behavior comes from or is driven by sensations in our body, which are those little chemical cocktails that come along with feelings. So our behavior is really driven by how we feel. So when we want to make a change, we need a feeling to kind of conjure up the new behavior. So again, let's revisit the framework for change from... um, you know, what we always talk about in this podcast, but revisiting it is always a good idea. I just want to make sure you really have that solidified. The framework goes like this, you know, we have a core belief and about ourselves and from the, or other things. And from this core belief, our identity comes forth. It's sort of cultivated. Our identity is cultivated from our core beliefs. Our brain then populates thoughts for us that match that identity, that belief identity. And from these thoughts, 
We get feelings with little chemical cocktails attached to them that create sensations in our bodies. And from these feeling sensations, we are moved to behave or um, motivated to behave or act in a particular way. And from our behavior, we get our results. And from our results, we solidify our core belief and the cycle continues. And also remember, we have simplified the cycle and well, we're going to simplify the cycle in this episode as well, just into the idea that thoughts create our feelings, which create our behaviors. Um, now, it is true that sensations in our bodies, you know, are, are in there as well and create our behaviors. It's also true that um, sometimes, you know, we don't know we're having a specific thought. And so it just sort of it's almost like just feelings or sensations are the only thing creating behaviors. And it's also true that when we engage in behaviors on purpose, that can create new thoughts for us. So this is all kind of a loop, but for our purposes and to keep it simple, we're just talking about thoughts, create our feelings, which create our behaviors. So to make a behavior change, to create a new behavior, a new habit, we need to jump. Let's, we are going to jump into our thoughts first because it's here that we create our new feelings and therefore our new behaviors. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode And then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation like 99 cents helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. So I've used this example before, but I'm going to use it again because it's one I really like. And I want you to imagine a scenario where a child or teenager gets told every day by his parents that he is no good, stupid, worthless, and can't do anything right. He hears this over and over every day. He feels worthless, unloved, and afraid. And the one person in this world who is supposed to love me, my parent, obviously doesn't. I have no one to protect me or to keep me safe. The message becomes his identity because it is how the pattern thoughts have occurred in the brain over time, over and over the messages that he's received. And because his brain is not fully developed yet, he doesn't have that adult brain, the full you know, prefrontal cortex to be able to even discern that you know, maybe this is the other person's issue and not his own. So as a child, as a teenager, you know, because of where their brain is at, they're going to totally take that on. They're going to really put that into their identity. It's going to become a very, very strong belief. So here's it over and over. The message becomes its identity because now it's these patterned habit thoughts in the brain. And if you really think about this, how do you predict the teenager is going to behave? What are the actions going to be? So for a while, he may try to do everything right to gain approval, right? He's going to totally do the perfectionistic, people-pleasing people sort of thing. He's going to walk on eggshells. He's going to become quiet and not press any buttons and just try to get the love from his parents that 
He so desires just by design as a child. But when there are no words of approval, no compassion, no love, he probably is going to begin to rebel in outbursts of anger and defiance. He will begin to become part of situations where he proves his identity true, right? He's going to prove he's no good and worthless. And so we'll most likely get into, who knows, substance abuse, breaking the law. Um, Harsh words and thoughts create rebellion and defiance eventually because we feel unloved, not protected, unsafe, excuse me, and that we don't belong. So now think to yourself, how does this apply to the messages you give yourself all day long and how your behavior manifests from those critical thoughts, that that real um, harsh critical, critical, that harsh inner critic kind of really coming at you all day long. If you choose to speak harshly and criticize yourself in order to try to punish you into changing, you're going to have the exact same results. And most of us have experienced this and Probably right now, many of you are like, oh yeah, I totally get this. This is exactly what I do. The burden of the critique you give yourself over and over, the exhaustion of trying to be perfect, you will eventually not only give up trying because it truly becomes too exhausting and you really do have zero energy to go any further and or you will rebel. So it's always one of one of the two things. You know, you're going to give up or you're going to rebel and so you start doing the exact things you set out not to do. That is rebellion. So when it comes specifically to weight loss or creating healthier habits, kind of looks like this. You know what you did in the past to lose weight. You went on some juice cleanse or you only ate 800 calories a day or you starved yourself for three days, you know, fasted, or you exercised for two hours every day for a month straight. You battled your own mind and thoughts into submission where you told yourself you are so gross and fat and abnormal, so you better lose this weight now. And you lost the weight through punishment and you felt amazing. And then over some time, or maybe in one emotional situation, your behavior changes. Whether you're aware of it or not, thoughts begin to populate that will not keep the weight off. Things like, well, we work so hard and I'm so tired and I lost all the weight, so I deserve to let loose a little. And you start to eat a bit more than you were eating. Or you totally rebel and have a binge again or start engaging in your old overeating and emotional eating behaviors just to try to find some relief again. And then the weight comes back on and it comes back on even quicker this time. And if you know about biochemistry, if you've been listening to this, I sometimes talk about how things work in the body with this and starvation mode in the body. And now you're back to where you started. And now you're beating yourself up again for having gained it all back. And yet all you can remember is how that last diet really worked for me. You forgot how miserable you felt, how you became extremely exhausted with it all, how you felt you were always left out, and you forgot that you gained the weight back because here you are trying to do it again. So the harshness of your self-talk, the restriction of behavior because you're punishing yourself that came from that diet did not work. You are right back to where you started. So the diet did not work. And this is why telling ourselves the truth is so important. When we recognize that when we tell a false story, a false narrative, the story that we can 
change from harsh words and punishment. You know, we perpetuate this cycle of change that does not last. That is the truth. And it's exhausting. It takes all our energy and it does not allow for us to be living our greatest lives. The way to break this cycle is through a different way of talking to ourselves. And one thing I want to add here, this isn't about telling ourselves all day long how fabulous and amazing we are when we when we don't believe that. Positive thinking is great, a great skill um, and it can be learned, but research would say that the like positive affirmations and just that positive thinking, that works for people who already have a high amount of self-esteem, who already feel pretty worthy, right? But for most of us, this is just way too much at first. This is about making small thought changes, small little shifts to our thinking patterns that still feel okay to us, something we can still kind of believe because those of us who have lived our entire lives berating and belittling ourselves definitely will not feel comfortable with encouraging and loving words to ourselves. So small little shifts out of the negative criticism um, that are always running in the background. Things like, I notice I'm telling myself I'm a terrible person. That's just a habit thought from my brain. It doesn't mean it's true. See how that's just kind of a much more subtle, more neutral thought, but it's still going to change how you feel, which is going to shift how you behave. Or something like, I notice I'm thinking I am so fat, but I'm working on it and figuring it out. So small shifts to more neutral thinking. This is not all about positive thinking. This concept also doesn't mean we become what I would call the permissive parent to ourselves. Um, so there are four different, like, you know, with my job, counseling, therapy, you know, I have to understand all different kinds of parenting theories and those sort of things. And there are four different types of parenting um, that we label as, uh, well, within the clinic. So we've got authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, and uninvolved. And each style has a different approach. So just real quick, authoritative are the parents I used in the, I'm sorry, authoritarian are the parents I used in the previous example. Strict, overbearing, harsh, judgmental. Uninvolved parents are simply what it says. They're not involved. Permissive parenting is the parent who sets rules but rarely enforces them or no consequences are given. So there's really no follow-through here, right? So remember, consequences for behavior are given with the intention to teach and shape behavior, not to punish. Permissive parents think their child will learn best without interference from them. And then finally, authoritative. The authoritative parent is one who puts a lot of effort into creating and maintaining a positive relationship with their child, they explain the reasons behind the rules, they enforce the rules and follow through and give consequences when appropriate, but they take their child's feelings into consideration. They validate their child's feelings while also making it clear that the adults are ultimately in charge. The authoritative parenting style sets rules and guidelines that are fair and clear because they love their child and want their child to succeed in all areas of their life. They really show a lot of love and kindness and compassion for their children. Because this type of parenting style, the child then feels safe and loved and connected and moves into behavior patterns that create more of this, which means they step into a growth mindset. They have a core belief system of worthiness and 
you know, they, they more often sense and feel and live a life of purpose, meaning healthy relationships and are successful and mostly, mostly peaceful and happy. So take the examples from parenting styles and apply them to the relationship with yourself. To create change, you really need to take that authoritative parenting style with yourself, not authoritarian parenting style. So, you know, the authoritarian parenting style, that's that harshness, unloving, always punishing. This creates rebellion or this creates checking out, sort of that disassociating freeze response, trying to people please all the things. So checking out or rebellion creates feelings of low self-worth. There is no change that comes from this. No, um, you also don't want permissive parenting with ourselves. We don't allow ourselves anything and everything just because we feel like we want it. You know, no uninvolved parenting. We don't want to use the uninvolved parenting to ourselves. This obviously creates no change. We want to adopt the authoritative style, the loving adult involved willing to set guidelines for ourselves with the love and intention of moving us forward to our goals. The different thoughts of compassion compassion and encouragement you need to begin implementing is what's going to create that lasting change. It is going to feel uncomfortable at first, but you will find if you practice them, you will start to feel some relief. And when you feel some relief, you gain back some energy and lightness and when you sense and feel these feelings, lightness, some energy, some willingness, your behavior redirects itself to doing what needs to be done for lasting change, like actually starting a new health habit and finding it so much easier to stick with. When we really incorporate this understanding of change from love and not fear and believe that to make lasting change, we need to shift our internal self-talk, we can then plug into practicing and again, this is an actual skill that can be practiced and learned. So like any skill, we really do need to practice it. So here are a couple practical strategies to sort of try on and start to shift your internal dialogue, your self-talk. So first strategy, uh, use what I call the compassionate observer method. So this is where you pay attention to your thoughts as a compassionate observer. So if you are simply an observer, we do not judge them. So just notice them. Just noticing and not judging is that observer part. Use compassion at you look at them non-judgmentally. If this is really tough for you, think of how you would watch your most beloved pet or a child you love and how you would think about them. You might see them really messing something up, but because you act from compassion for them, you do not get angry or overly emotional or harsh. You observe and you compassionately encourage them to redirect their behavior. You speak compassionately to them even when they make a mistake. This is exactly how you need to practice speaking to yourself. The second strategy is sweet and firm. And um, this is a term I use for implementing the authoritative type of parenting with yourself. I find it's just easier to remember than that word, authoritative, <laughs> because it's so close to authoritarian and you really want to be authoritative. So sweet and firm. You are compassionate, sweet, and also firm with yourself, meaning you set behavior guidelines for yourself 
whether these are for losing weight or becoming a better employee or a better partner in a relationship. And when you step over these guidelines, you gently, sweetly, and firmly redirect yourself. It's not a mindset of permissiveness or that authoritarian harshness. You know, it's all about the sweetness and firmness. So write these words down, put them in places you will see often throughout your day. This is the reminder to practice this kind of speech and thinking with yourself, sweet and firm. Okay, so now you have two really practical strategies of thought work you can begin to implement this week. Remember that all lasting behavior change ultimately comes from how we are behaving. <laughs> That's Our behavior gives us our results and our behavior is derived from our feelings, which is cultivated from our thinking habits and patterns. It is really taking small doable steps every single day. You really do have the ability to make the changes you want to make. Just takes a little bit of practice. All right. If you found something useful, please share this um, episode on social media is awesome or with someone else you think might benefit is awesome. I really appreciate. I know so many of you do that and that is what keeps this podcast going. Now I have kitties meowing to get into my bedroom, which they're not allowed in. Um, you can head over to my social media for more resources. You can find me on Instagram at Heinen Counseling and Coaching. My last name Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N Counseling and Coaching on Instagram. Um, you can always DM me there. Another great place to get in touch with me is from my website. That's also where there are a lot more resources for you, blog posts, um, information like that, really detailed information on how I work with clients, uh, with my life coaching, with my weight loss coaching, as well as in um, the therapy office or online. And my website is heatherheinen.com. So H-E-A-T-H-E-R. H-E-Y-N-E-N.com. From there, you can also get in touch with me via email. All right. I really appreciate you all being being here. Um, Really work hard to change that self-talk a little bit this week, and you will be amazed at uh, how life can change when you change how you're talking to yourself. We will talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services.